This is a Suno India production and you are listening to Beyond Charmina. Today in this podcast I was looking to take you back all to the very foundations of Hyderabad because this is something that I should have done long long ago. Uh, you would have noticed that over the last few months, I've been doing a lot of these walks, very specifically at Golconda Fort, or not just the main fort, but parts of other other parts of Golconda Fort, which are pretty much neglected. And that is what this podcast is about, basically. Uh, I wanted to actually discuss and you know explain to all of you with the help of Sirish, my friend and ex boss and former colleague from the Hindu, who also pretty much knows Hyderabad well, about what. we have in golconda fort and what we see and what we don't see and i'm going to take you all back to the very basics uh, this podcast will primarily be about the physical and geographical aspects of golconda fort and of course i'm i'm going to throw in some history as well but pretty much that's what it is i want you all to very keenly understand what golconda is how big it is what you can see when you go to the fort instead of just going to the ticketed area and what you know how to navigate around the place uh, that's what i am here for with series to record the episode so i'll give you a bit of background uh the golconda fort was a walled city before hyderabad was built it was established as uh golconda the the kingdom of golconda was established in 1518 after sultan kuli qutbul mulk the founder who was originally from hamadan in iran uh declared himself as a king after the collapse of the bahmani empire sultan kuli was originally uh, he originally came to india uh, and was working as a governor for the bahmani empire at bidar and when the bahmani empire collapses he it's not just him you have the you have sultan kuli from golconda you have the adil shah kingdom in bijapur you have the imad shahi kingdom in berar and you have the uh, nizam shahis of ahmednagar which are basically parts of maharashtra and gujarat uh these are the four kingdoms that emerged when the bahmani empire collapses and that 1518 is the year when sultan kuli and the other three deccan states come into existence so the golconda fort that we go to today is only the main palace area called the balahisar the word golconda comes from the two telugu words gollakonda which means shepherd's hill uh golconda fort long before it was established also was like a small chhota sa hill kind of a mud fort we don't know exactly what it was because about 800 years ago under the kakatiyas there was some kind of a some kind of a habitation but it is not in the form of what it is today so uh, that is what it is and the golconda for the reason to even do this podcast is because i wanted all of you to know that the main, apart from the main palace area the actual size of golconda for today is you know roughly 7 kilometers in circumference it has 87 bastions and uh, 8 gates the interesting part is that uh, nobody even pretty much i mean except for the locals there who stay there uh, they nobody else knows what are these gates what were these meant for like no, nobody even can understand today that like if you're coming say from tolichoki or from langar house so if you're coming from tolichoki you will ex- you will enter the main the path of the fort area from something called the banjari darwaza that is basically named after the banjara lambada tribes who were living in hyderabad and the you while coming from langar house you come through the makkai or makka makka darwaza like that you have eight gates out of which 1 2 3 4 are in use two are in the i think five are in use two are in the army area and the last one and the most important where i do a lot of my walks 
is something called the Patancharu Darwaza. Patancharu Darwaza is named after right after Patancharu because the door is basically leading towards Patancharu. In the sense, not literally, but direction-wise. So Patancharu Darwaza. Uh, but actually, you know what? More than this, I would like actually Sirish to talk about uh, the Golconda foot before I even give more information because Sirish has been here much before me. He's much older also. Uh, and uh, Sirish has been writing about heritage from the while you know from like donkey's years, and he knows the city in and out. And many of you would not even be able to understand that, like all these houses that you see on the way near the main fort area are basically pretty much unauthorized constructions because you are not technically allowed to build anything near uh, historical monuments as per the ASI laws. According so the in Hyderabad, the only two monuments that are under the Archaeological Survey of India, which is centrally run. Central done by the central government are the Charminar and the Golconda Fort. Charminar ka to alagi story hai baad mein karenge ho, but this is what it is. So Golconda Fort is a very complicated issue. Uh, it took me also nearly three to four years to actually understand the fort's massive area and fortification walls, etc., etc. But I'll let Sirish take on. Uh, sorry, I'll let Sirish explain uh, things from here on. So uh, as you know, said Golconda is a massive fort, uh, walled fort, and uh, uh, I had uh, marked out around 52 uh, boots. Boots are bastions and there are 8 uh, gates. So, uh, I mapped according to the ASI thing. So, uh, some of the names are very interesting. One of them is called Pochama Boots. Another is called Mehbu Boots. Another is called Zulfikar Boots. And uh, one of the walks when we go to a bastion called Petla Burj. Petla Burj is like belly. So actually that Burj where the one of the largest cannon is there is called Petla Burj. And from there you can see the Kutub Shai tombs complex. Actually the story of Golconda begins with the Kutub Shai tombs complex. Because that was the place where the first king, uh, Sultan Kuli, built his unwalled city. And uh, they, they had a fort complex, uh, they had a palace complex there, they had a masjid there with uh, glazed tiles and uh, the hammam and there was a well and there was a place for housing the soldiers and there were uh, horse stables as well. These were discovered during the ASA excavations in the 60s and the 70s. Uh, later they have been rediscovered again by the Aga Khan Trust recently. And Kutub Shai tombs complex is between the Durgam Cheru from where the water used to come to that place through a series of water channels, some underground, some overground. And they would come to the Kutub Shai tombs complex where there are around seven wells. And from there, the water would go onwards towards the Golconda Fort where it would be raised to the highest level. There is a well just below the uh, Balahisar. Balahisar is actually a Dari word which means high fort. So it's the highest point, it's around 580 meters above sea level, and that's at this almost at the same level as the Durgam Charu, which is very strange. And uh, so the water reaches the one of the highest points there. So, what was one of the main factors for the rise of the Golconda Fort? The other main factor for the uh, importance of the Golconda Fort is the security of the fort. Because it was a walled thing uh, and there was a lot of, uh, anybody who entered the fort was guaranteed that they will not be robbed, they will not be uh, uh, 
waylaid, they'll not be killed. And this we are talking at a time when uh, robbers were a part of social life in India. Like uh, the word uh, thagi comes to us from the British usage where people used to waylay people and uh, travelers and kill them and rob them of their wealth. Thagis were very well known in uh, the areas which is now called Bundelkhand, Chambal and all that. Still is. And it still is in a different level because the thugs have changed, the models of the thugs has changed. Hyderabad was founded in 1591 by Muhammad Kuli Kutubshah who was the grandson of Sultan Kuli. The city was basically built after Golconda fort was not enough. So what I'm trying to say is that the fort was actually developed between the first three kings, Sultan Kuli, one of his sons, the next king, one of, who was one of his sons, Jamshed. And uh, the third one is Jamshed, the youngest brother, also the youngest sibling or youngest son of Sultan Kuli, Ibrahim. So I'm not going to go much into Hyderabad today, but uh, I would like to pretty much explain a lot of other things. So uh, the present state, stage of Golconda Fort was developed during Ibrahim Kutubshah's time. Because uh, if you notice when you are entering through the Makki Darwaza, uh, actually it's Makka Darwaza because it opens to the west. So Makka Darwaza, uh, there is a writing on the on the roof of that uh, entrance, which says it was built by Ibrahim Kutubshah, uh, uh, built by Ibrahim Kutubshah, and uh, who is called a collector of books is very strange. So, Golconda must have had a very good collection of library and a lot of these books have been lost to us except some books of poetry uh, which uh, one of them is available in the Salah Jang Museum which is the poetry of Ibrahim's uh, son Muhammad Kuli who built the uh, built Chaminar and developed Hyderabad. Hyderabad was developed basically to ease out the urban urbanization pressure on the Golconda Fort. The success of Golconda Fort was such that it became overpopulated and uh, there was a there were a lot of diseases at that point of time. We are talking about medieval ages where uh, diseases were very rampant like cholera could wipe off the population or plague brought in by a rat could uh, eradicate the population. There were a lot of deaths due to those reasons, and so Chaminar was built as an unwalled city to ease the pressure on Golconda and to uh, create a much more healthier environment. And uh, like Char even now, when we go to Golconda, there are many undiscovered places like Patanjali Darwaza. Many people used to think it's a prison, but actually it's not a prison. It's a entrance to the, one of the entrance to the fort, and actually it's the old entrance to the fort. And uh, recently, we went to a place called uh, Chandni uh, Chandni Chabutra. Okay, so Chandni Chabutra is you can imagine Chandni. First, tell me what is Chabutra. Chabutra is a square place, uh, and there's a Roshan bush. So, uh, when we climb from uh, besides the Paltan Bazaar Ashur Khana, we reach a place called uh, Roshan bush. Roshan Chabutra. And from Roshan Chabutra, you can look down on the Chandni Chabutra. Chandni Chabutra was one of the places where the kings had their evening meetings and uh, diplomatic events and yes. CSRs and all that. And 
there were predominant drinking sessions also and um, even slaves were uh, gifted to the people who would visit those uh, exclusive events and they were carpeted and lit up in the night and they were very beautiful now when you go there it's all houses multi storied houses because we have not been able to protect the golconda fort uh, because uh, the revenue maps are not particular when the asi got the control of golconda fort they were not given any revenue maps of the map area in the about whom the land belonged to that is one of the crux of the problem that is why they, we have seen runaway encroachments on the golconda fort and even now when we are going into the fort to see newer places there are people who are building uh, developing graves in the complex and they're building houses there we have not been able to stop so i'll just take you through the whole thing in a nutshell like i mentioned the golconda fort is like a mask it's actually the rough, it's still the, the entire boundary wall of the golconda fort still exists okay uh it exists in in its entirety you can still pretty much see all of the gates you can still pretty much explore all the gates the gates are actually quite important because they have a lot of uh, motifs engravings in the wall like these are basically mythological designs which probably you won't find anywhere else a lot of them are in fact inspired from the vijayanagara empire and hampi also i mean hampi from the vijayanagara empire also the fort was in existence as a proper walled city from 1580 up to say 1590 until mohammad kuli ko tukshah shifted out uh then people were living in hyderabad but i don't do but were people living in the fort even after hyderabad was built yes uh see golconda became a safe refuge for the uh people living in hyderabad area because hyderabad was unwalled so when whenever uh, the mughals came down to demand money the king and his uh, limited entourage will re- retreat to the golconda fort so there were thrice they had to retreat first in 1532 uh, 1632 then 1656 when there was a major attack by aurangzeb then finally at 1686 and 1687 so golconda was a safe refuge for people in hyderabad and uh, whenever the mughal army uh whenever there was a hint of mughal army's attack on golconda uh, on hyderabad kingdom the empire would retreat to that place and even much later also the golconda fort was used as a place for treasure uh keeping the treasure during the nizam's time and uh just before the 1857 um first war of independence there was a small rebellion in uh, telangana it was led by uh, the king's own brother valyudha so then the king's brother was locked up in the golconda fort and he was kept there for a long time which year was this this is some around around 1850 oh okay i don't know this story anyway yeah so the thing is See, the Golconda Fort was never actually abandoned, but pretty much what I'm why I asked Sirish to also explain all this is because see, after the uh, final attack on Golconda Fort in 1687 between the between the Qutub Shahis and the Mughals, Aurangzeb, uh, when he attacked in 1687, by then pretty much the kings had shifted back into the fort for protection, and the last war was fought 
फॉर अ वेरी लॉन्ग टाइम इट स्टार्टेड सो 1686 दिसंबर इज व्हेन औरंगजेब कैप्चरड बीजापुर कंप्लीटली बीजापुर एंड गोलकोंडा वर द ओनली टू डेक्कन स्टेट्स रिमेनिंग बाय 1686 सो so, 1686 बीजापुर वाज गॉन एंड देन प्रीटी मच ही थॉट यू नो इतना दूर आ गए तो नो बट आई मीन आई एम जोकिंग अबाउट दैट ऑब्वियसली बट बट गोर का कैप्चरिंग गोलकोंडा आल्सो वाज ऑन औरंगजेब्स माइंड फॉर अ वेरी वेरी लॉन्ग टाइम एंड बिकॉज़ देवर ही हैड ही हैड हिज ओन रीजंस एंड द लास्ट किंग हियर अबुल हसन अबुल हसन आल्सो बेसिकली रिफ्यूज्ड टू गिव एनी मोर tributes or money or whatever the issues that existed between the Mughals and the Golconda Abul I mean to be honest if you look at Golconda history the last king Abul Hasan was quite unfortunate that way he inherited a slightly broken kingdom uh by Abdullah Qutb Shah the 6th king uh so 1687 and the war starts if it is fought from the Golconda for then it lasts what 8 months roughly uh it goes through all seasons you know January February is winter and then you have summer and then you have rainy season and uh, in fact part of aurangzeb the army also gets destroyed and screwed from the in the musi river uh, because there was apparently there were floods at that point of time also the musi river in hyderabad history has always been a major major devastating river uh, just for context the largest flood that we had was in 1908 uh, under the 6th nizam mehboob ali pasha mehboob nizams came in much later nizams don't have any connection to golconda fyi until much later like nizams and the golconda are two different time periods So Nizam's ke time pe who are the second set of rulers from Hyderabad under the sixth Nizam there was a major flood in 1908 after which Usman Sagar Himayat Sagar were built to stop water from coming into the Musi River to make Hyderabad flood proof that is the Musi River but before that it has a Musi River had a history of flooding Hyderabad and it is said that during the last war with the Mughals also part of Aurangzeb's army got washed away now uh, why I'm telling you this is because in that last war with aurangzeb pretty much mostly hyderabad was destroyed to the bone except for say charminar badshah yashurkhana uh, the mecca masjid akana madana mahakali temple and maybe charkaman Char and like maybe there are 50 40 50 buildings left maybe from the old from the kutubshah period left today apart from that you have the golconda to golconda fort and the kutubshah too so the golconda fort pretty much was intact because if you look at Uh, see under the nizams i don't think uh, under the nizams much later see just for context 1687 hyderabad golconda kingdom is captured entire golconda kingdom is merged with aurangzeb's kingdom and the entire uh, and the entire deccan starting from lower maharashtra parts of maharashtra till half of tamil nadu is merged with aurangzeb's kingdom and that Deccan area is given uh, one particular governor who is sitting in Aurangabad. So 1687 says like 1724. Tuck there are different governors. The last. So finally the first Nizam. The first Nizam's family basically were high-ranking Mughal officials or slash commanders who participated in the last war between Hyderabad or between Golconda and the Mughals. So uh, the first Nizam after all of that, other just. FII the first nizam's father and grandfather were part of the army that destroyed part of the mughal army that destroyed hyderabad as well the first nizam in 1724 takes over as governor of the deccan and uh, he is ruling from aurangabad much later after him dying in 1748 you have the second nizam who takes over and he shifts the capital back to hyderabad in 1760 around 1760s so that is how the capital is back to hyderabad now uh, even under the nizams pretty much from what i can from what i could see the golconda fort was always i think it was used for military purposes no it was used under yeah so 
so then the fort existed even under the nizams pretty much throughout the 1700s 1800 and even the and even until uh, the 1900 even even until independence or around hyderabad's annexation to india in 1948 because if you look at archival images you will actually see that from qutub shahi tombs the entire golconda fort is just khali like all the houses that you see when you go to the golconda fort after entering the any of the gates were pretty much not there until the 1990s so uh, actually the golconda fort was under the control of the nizam and all that and uh, you we see images where golconda fort is virtually empty there's no houses and all that we feel very happy about it one of the reasons is uh, people in hyderabad prefer to stay in the old city they prefer to stay in the walled area people living outside the walled area were not considered 1748 onwards hyderabad became a walled city and there was a wall built around the hyderabad area around chaminar and a lot of area was controlled uh was walled up to prevent uh, incursions by maratha raiders as well as other thieves one of the thieves was known as um, survey papudu who operated from a place called khilla shapur and when uh, the survey papudu was finally caught by the mughal governor he was killed he was brought and his body was hung from one of the gates of uh, hyderabad's wall so uh, golconda fort was empty because many of the people prefer to stay in the walled area of hyderabad but one thing is there you can make out that uh, golconda was very important part of the nizam during the nizam's rule also like the area that we now called uh, where the golf course has been developed was used as a garden even by the nizam still much later till about 1930s that uh, what we call naya kila that uh, garden was used by the nizam to entertain guests and the nizam even uh, the army was also trained there there was something called naumahal inside the golconda fort so naumahal is was one of the palace complexes where the king had his harem and uh, where he would entertain guests and keep people there and uh, many people don't know whatever was developed in hyderabad was originally in inside the golconda fort like besides the old masjid there is a small ashurkhana that is still called badshah ashurkhana so that ashurkhana is a was the first ashurkhana there and that alums that were there were moved to the new ashurkhana that was built near charminar with the same name so there are replicas of whatever ashurkhanas that there are there in hyderabad many of them were originally there inside the golconda fort and these ashurkhanas have went to, have gone into disuse uh, whereas those ashurkhanas inside hyderabad have thrived and now of course they are all being destroyed one after the other due to urbanization and limited availability of space the qutub shahis are actually uh, quote unquote orthodox shia muslims and for those of you who are not aware shia muslims and sunni muslims are the two largest main sects of islam in that sense the two largest sects of which sunni muslims occupy about 80 to 85% of all of muslims in the world the, the second largest sect are 
I mean, comprises of Shia Muslims and the largest Shia Muslim country in the world with 97% of Shia Muslims is Iran today. So, Iran is primarily what was earlier Persia, right? Sultan Kuli also came from there. So, Shia Muslims are very, very simple things. I'm sure you all know of Prophet Muhammad. Uh, Prophet Muhammad died somewhere around 630 or 640 AD. He died in the 7th century. So, after he dies, essentially, there is a no question of who will lead the Muslims after that. Who will so that is the so what happens after the Prophet? What comes after the Prophet in the Islamic world is called the Kali Khalifa or the Caliph. So it is a matter of succession. So a section of Muslims essentially believe that the Prophet's son-in-law Imam Ali should have become his successor. That does not happen. Of course, uh, the immediate successor was his uncle uh, Abu Bakr. So that is pretty much. Who Shia Muslims are? Shia Muslims are followers of Imam Ali. Now, Ashur Khanas are again linked to Imam, or to one of Imam Ali's sons. Imam Ali, the son of, sorry, the son-in-law of the Prophet Muhammad. Imam Ali had two sons named Hassan and Hussein. So, in that whole succession issue battle, one of the caliphs of the Islamic uh, of the Islamic kingdom named Yazid, he ends up killing one of Ali's sons by the name Hussein. Hussein because he refused to join in Yazid and Hussein dies in a he's called, yeah, in something called the Battle of Karbala with 72 of his followers which is why Shia Muslims mourn Hussein's death every year. That mourning happens in the month of Muharram which is when you see the procession and stuff. So that, that's all. That's what it is. So the reason it is called Ashur Khana is because Hussein died on the 10th day of Muharram which is called Ashura. That is why it's called Ashur Khana. So when Qutub Shah is also, because they were orthodox Shias, they built a lot of Ashur Khanas in, in Hyderabad, Telangana, Andhra, some, some parts of Andhra as well. They also hired or they appointed a lot of Telugu Hindus to take care of the Ashur Khanas. That's why Telugus also, Telugu people also observe Muharram with uh, Shia Muslims in Telangana and some parts of Andhra, which is called Pirla Pandaga roughly translating to festival of the saints. So that is something that the people observe, but they don't actually realize what it is. But I hope this puts into context things. So the oldest mosque base, you know, here is the whole crux of the issue of why we're doing this podcast is because when you go to the Golconda fort, if you ever go, when you buy the ticket, primarily after buying the ticket, when you go start walking inside, you'll, you'll come to the first gate. Instead of going inside, on the opposite side, you'll find stairs then you will find a high platform. Just go up the platform. First thing is look outside the gate. You will find a small mosque. That mosque is basically the first construction in the Golconda Fort, which dates back to its foundation to 1518. And there's a proper inscription on the mosque. That's how that, that is the most important monument in the entire city because it is the first thing that was constructed. And I mean, technically speaking, after the Golconda Kingdom was founded. So that mosque is now today taken over by encroachments. It's been pretty much so the mosque. It's, oh, it's called the Safa Masjid, which was named after the Safavid Empire in Iran. Just FYI. It's also called the Jama Masjid as well. So, this is the Masjid where Sultan Kuli was actually killed by uh, one of the persons hired by his son. And uh, the encroachments are to the level that now a uh, restaurant is coming right beside it. And uh, what used to be a hammam besides the masjid has been uh, enclosed, flattened and some apartment has been built there. And uh, as a historian, it's very interesting that 
Safa Masjid is not just a masjid. If you go to the roof of the masjid, it has the kind of construction that was there, which dates back to the Bamani period. The similar construction can be seen on the Patancharu Darwaza, uh, where you have small domes and for holding up the roof. So now this, uh, even the plaque that was there has been painted over to erase the name of the king and his kingdom uh, now. So very much there is a huge destructive uh, influence on Golconda because people are only bothered about encroaching, making money and selling stuff near the fort. Uh, without trying to keep the integrity of the fort. If Hyderabad was ever to gain the coveted World Heritage Site status, it needs to keep a semblance of the fort that it's an old structure. Uh, now we have encroached it to a level where it's somewhat difficult to find all the old bastions. Also. You cannot reach some of the bastions. Some of the bastions are in the army area, they are unreachable. Some of the bastions as well as the doorways have been enclosed. People have built houses inside the bastions. I have gone into a bastion near uh, which overlooks the golf course. So there are a lot of uh, bastions which have been enclosed. People are living there. They live one of uh, In one bastion, there is a um, wedding planner who works out of there. In another bastion, there is a person who arranges matrimonial alliances. Golconda alliances. I mean, I, I I hope this is something that you all understand because it's very sad. Also, here is something that I always discuss, keep discussing with Sirish that, you know, people, I mean, we don't have a sense of heritage history of, I mean, see, I understand that people need places to build houses. government land Nobody's saying don't build houses. You build wherever you, like, Okay, if you want to... See, the best example I can give you is encroachment on lakes. If the full tank levels. Tomorrow you will construct a lake. This is what happened in the floods last year. People built houses in lakes and now it's all been what's crude. Same thing in Golconda also. You see, the thing is, those structures are made of proper stone and lime, lime water. It's the last thing they were 400, 500 thousand years because it's made of stone and lime, lime water and which you don't, you know, uh, make changes on. But when you go construct a house on a fort wall, those are big, huge granite stones. Okay, people need to also understand that. That's, that is when you see calamities happen because when people go encroach on his and as far as historical monuments are concerned, like for example, say potential Dawza and all, people it's a very weird thing where people don't generally care about anything, but at the same time they have some weird sense of ownership. Okay, so we conduct walks, but if you go individually, most likely they'll probably show you away. So then just Pretty much warning all of you. Uh, if you're going, you maybe go as a small group or something, because local politics always uh, takes precedence over everything. is very dangerous. And this is something you'll see everywhere, not just in Hyderabad, but in, for example, even the Gulbarga fort, I believe. No, but part of the fort, people are literally living inside. So, and a, a whole lot of this problem also actually goes back to from what I remember, one of the ASI guys telling us that the British didn't actually map it properly. They just didn't have any proper revenue, revenue maps. Kitta hai area, kya hai area. Bas kali Golconda fort itta bol ke chhod ke dalri chhod diye. Bas that's it. So the problems are old, but 
it is a whole mix of urbanization encroachment illegal encroachment heritage laws this that now the thing is if, for example golconda fort comes under central government central government is asi asi only takes care of the main monumental main fort where you have a ticket you have security guards but what about the boundary walls no one does anything asi suppose asi learns about somebody is doing something they'll send one letter to the agency and it notice to 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 the person or to the police or to the gmc yes. Ha, ah, people don't do anything about it. They can send notices. It's not like it's not like the ASI goes. And also, they don't have security guards beyond the main fort. The only place, by the way, if all of you still want to explore, is something called the Nayakila. I'm pretty sure all of you, hundred percent, know about something called the Hyderabad Golf Course Association. That is the most. Uh, I think for India, me, koi aisa nahi banaye honge. It's like going and constructing a golf course in the middle of uh, Red Fort. Something, something like that. Okay, golf course people. Uh, it's a national monument. It's it, it's it's baffling how somebody goes and constructs a golf course for private people and then prevents people from entering the whole place to see a trick. For example, in so in the the Naya Kila in the Golconda Fort area was built as extra fortification after the first major Mughal attack in 1656 on Hyderabad. Uh, it has something called the Bhatiyon Ka Jhar. Basically. The shape of the tree trunks look like an elephant, so it's called Hatiyonga, elephant Hatiyonga jhad in local parlance. But uh, it's a baobab tree which was planted there by Africans over 400 years ago. It's a massive tree with with a 25 meter circumference. There is a mosque there called Mustafa Khan Masjid, uh, who was a uh, commander under the third king Ibrahim Kutubsha. Mustafa Khan, uh, Mustafa Khan, uh, is the mosque is a very unique mosque. It does not have domes. Not sure if it was left to be un- incomplete or if it was built that it's incomplete. Mustafa Khan Masjid is about 30 years older than Hyderabad, so you know it's a it's a monument that predates Hyderabad, and I think it's important like that. You have huge bastions there, like Laila and Majnu. In fact, last year the which one collapsed? Majnu. Last year Majnu collapsed because of heavy rains, but I I have a feeling it could be more. There were some markings that people saw down there, which basically meant that someone on purpose did some yeah. did some work there with the very intention to bring down the bastion. Now we can't go up the bastion because they're like it's unsafe. But the but how, anyway it's fine. So the, there are so this Nayakila area is also accessible today. You'll have to go from the Pichika Rasta. So that is what is like we should have access to these places. And uh, well, you all know how to reach out to me on Instagram or on social media. Please feel free. I'll be happy to help you all if you want to go and look at these places about uh, in the Golconda Fort because that is what the, that is the only way to save these monuments. The lesser people go. That the lesser these monuments will be known, the more people go, then the more even the government will probably maybe try to ticket it or something like that. That may happen. So yeah, uh, that is what it is. If you maybe want to get a better idea of Golconda, read Sirish's book that was launched last year called Golconda Bagnagar Hyderabad. It's on Amazon. Uh, Sirish Nani Shetty is the full name. Not to add anything, Sirish. So yeah, so thank you all for tuning in. I hope this was useful for all of you, especially who want to explore the city's heritage. Golconda Fort. Main port ke alawa naya kila hai, potential darwaza hai. There is one more gate called Fateh Darwaza where also we one of the gates called Fateh Darwaza also where we go up. And just behind the Golconda Fort there is one huge bastion called uh, Laila, also called Laila. Piche ka wahan pa jo hai gold the trail that we do, that's also called Laila. Actually, literally behind the main ticketed area you can you can literally go back up from a different area completely. It will take you through greenery. It's a very beautiful place scenery to go through. So all those things are there, and if you are most, of course, 
interested in attending my walks to learn more please come so yeah thank you all for tuning in uh, i hope all of you are have vaccinated yourselves against covid thank you all for listening thank you for listening to this episode of beyond channel you can listen to more episodes on our website sunoindia.in or on any other podcast app of your choice